Straight talk. Genuine insights. It's the SC Policy Council. Keeping its finger on the nerve of our state legislators. Live on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Talk 94.5. And as always, we are joined uh, via the phone. It is uh, Bryce Fielder. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Nick. How are you? Excellent. So uh, we had a lot of things that were going on as far as in the state. A lot of people were talking about constitutional carry and how it went through. And then it had all the stuff and the provisions and all this and people didn't like it. I'm not sure if that's something you were going to talk about, but are you able to give us an update on that at all? Because I guess it went back to the House and or the Senate. I'm not sure what, what direction it went. Do you know anything about yeah, it? So, yeah, happily. I mean, it's been bouncing back and forth a little bit. So it's a House bill. It originated in the House. They passed what many kind of see as a clean, pure version of constitutional carry. They sent it over to the Senate. Uh, the Senate put a few more restrictions on it. Uh, some people, particularly a lot of Second Amendment groups, were, were sort of unhappy with some of the amendments that they had passed. Uh, so they sent it back to the House, and then the House took it up last week, and the House rejected the Senate's amendments outright uh, and passed the original version of the bill that the House had originally passed last year, and so really what this is setting up is it's likely to go to conference committee where you're going to get three uh, House members and three Senate members, and they're going to try to kind of come together and negotiate a, a compromised version of the bill. And so we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, but for now, we kind of know where, where each side, you know, House and Senate are sitting. Okay. Appreciate that update. What else have you been working on? What do you got your eyes on? Well, this is a really exciting week for uh, kind of the, the, the economy of South Carolina and, and the future for, for businesses here. So I think we've talked about this issue a little bit over, over the last two months, but um, we have some issues with the civil liability system here in South Carolina, particularly which says that if you are partially at fault for an incident, um, whether as a business or an individual, you can potentially be held liable for an entire legal verdict. And so that has um, not only hurt many businesses here that have been held, you know, disproportionately liable for um, injuries that have taken place, but it's also served, uh, in our view, as a deterrent for some businesses to locate to South Carolina. So this is an issue that we've talked about uh, really since last year. It's finally getting some some momentum. And this week, uh, there's a committee looking at two bills. Um, one we think is a, a really good idea. We like it. And the other one we have some concerns with. So the first one basically makes some tweaks to the rules that says that in a civil case, juries have to consider the actions of non-parties as well as defendants. And the reason that's important is because, let's say there's a, an injury involving multiple people and uh, only one person is sued. Well, under the current rules, the jury can only consider that defendant in court that day for purposes of figuring out who's at fault, even if they know that someone potentially outside of the courtroom could have been responsible for an incident, current law says they're not allowed to consider them. And so that kind of by default pushes more liability to the defendant than otherwise should occur. So this bill, again, would just require them to consider potential actions of those, not, uh, they're called non-parties, basically. And it would also get rid of this really kind of extreme rule that says if alcohol is involved, in any sort of civil case, um, you could just be potentially, as a defendant, 1% liable and still forced to pay an entire legal verdict. So it would strike that rule, kind of move things in a, in a fairer direction. Um, the second bill in committee doesn't take any official legal action or make any changes to the law. It would just create a study committee to look at these issues. 
So it would basically have until the beginning of next year to produce a report on what it believes the sort of issues are with the system and what its recommendations are, um, specifically relating to kind of rising insurance premiums and also the, the state of our liability laws. Um, our concern with that is we, we think really this would just be a way to sort of delay progress or sideline existing good bills like the one that I, that I, that I just talked about. And so we're certainly open to the idea that this is an issue that deserves discussion and, and debate, but we've sort of seen how these study committees can do their work, and we just worry that, you know, businesses really need some sort of relief now if this committee has until the beginning of next year to produce a report, it could push progress out quite a ways. Um, like the, and, and the stall just, tactic that you've talked about before. Yes. And, you know, this isn't the only case where they've, they've uh, the only issue I should say they've done something like this, but we've seen enough times that this can be a way to sort of delay progress on actual bills that would move things in the, in the right direction. Um, I'll just point out the loan sponsor on the study committee proposal is the senator from Ori, Mr. Rankin, uh, who's also the judiciary chair. So, you know, that that bill has a little bit more momentum behind it than, you know, a a bill probably from from anyone else because it's in his own committee or technically a subcommittee. So I don't know if you have any questions about that, that side of things. No. And the way you've explained it it is I appreciate it because you've said this before and I just mentioned it, the stall tactics. And it makes me wonder what is the reason behind it? Is it that they're hoping that something like this goes away, just, you know, kind of goes off into oblivion? Or is there a genuine interest in fixing it, patching it up, making it pleasing to all? And I know that's hard to do because you can't be, you know, all things to all people. But so what, what do you, where do you tend to think? And I'm just asking for your opinion on this. Do they want something like this to go away or do they want to fix it and make it so it's actual viable bill? There are probably some folks in the legislature that would love to see this issue go away. Okay. But having talked with so many business leaders and people in the community, a grassroots organization, this issue isn't going anywhere. And in fact, I think now at this particular point in time, it has more attention on it than ever before. Um, I'll give you sort of a similar situation that's been developing recently. So uh, the end of last year, the House assembled a study committee to look at how South Carolina selects its judges. Um, and that's in, that's another issue that the Policy Council has kind of worked on for a while. We said we have some problems with how we do things. It creates conflicts of interest, and we, we put some forth some ideas on how we can fix things. Well, um, the proposals that the committee came, came out with, which it just released the other week, there were some good ideas in there, but people that have been really following this issue for a long time... I don't think anyone would view this as ambitious or serious reform. So typically what you get out of these things is maybe a half measure. There are some good ideas, but it probably will not meet the standard for true progress or reform if you get sort of the official proposal out of out of the study committee. It, it would probably be more so watered down. Okay. Very good. We did have a question uh, I don't know if it's about anything that you've got your eyes on, but any legislation on retaining law enforcement officers who have reached retirement and wish to continue working it, has that been anything that's crossed your desk? You know, I, I'm not sure if there's a an active bill to do that. That is something that we've seen over the years. There's this question of 
I believe now if you're either a law enforcement, a retired law enforcement officer or a retired, let's say, teacher, um, you can retire and technically you can return back to work and earn up to $10,000 in your salary. Uh, if you exceed that amount, I believe it puts a pause on your retirement. Um, but there have been some discussions in the past of, well, do we lift that salary cap so that people can sort of earn both? Do we do that for law enforcement areas and what they call critical need areas where, and places where the, the state thinks they're needed? Uh, we've also seen that proposal discussed for, for teachers as well. I don't know if there's an active bill to do that, but it is an idea that we've seen sort of come up over the years. Okay, great. Uh, now, how do people get in touch with you and follow some of the things that you're looking at? What's the best way to do it as far as online? Do you have Twitter, anything? Yeah, we, we sort of have all of the above. So first of all, our website is scpolicycouncil.org. You can see all of the recent research and updates that we put out on the front page there. Um, it's also a great place where if, if readers want, they can sign up for our, our email list and we put out sort of weekly updates on what's going on. And we also put out sort of a, a bulletin on Saturdays kind of summarizing everything we've done for the week. Um, particularly right now, it's a great time because we're, we're covering the legislative session. So Tuesday morning, we put out a state house update that talks about everything in the committee calendar and also bills that could be potentially voted on on the floor. Um, if you want some more kind of current live updates, we do a lot of live threads on Twitter covering committee hearings and bills that are, that are being debated on the house and Senate floor. Um, and we also have a Facebook page if you'd like to follow us there where we share some of our work. Perfect. Bryce Fielder, thank you very much. SCPolicyCouncil.org, also the nerd.com. I appreciate your time and thanks for all the information. Yeah, thank you, Nick.